And again, answering are the Eagles. Cato now, 4-3. That's two in a row for the freshman. The steal, the spin, behind the back, behind the back, splitting the double team. Gentlemen, gentlewomen, and gentle people of the earth, welcome. We uh, continue to <laughs> implore you to be gentle and also wash your hands. Uh, coronavirus is rampant. Apparently. Apparently. Although, like, more people die from mosquitoes per year. And the cold and diabetes. And flu and, and <laughs> killing yeah. each other. Yep. So... Anyways, just wash your hands and be courteous of uh, where you're coughing. You mean things we should be doing regardless? Yes. Right. But, you know, friendly PSA. Welcome to Screech Report. I'm, <laughs> this is E. Keezy, a.k.a. Elliot, and Viva La Russ is over there. Hi. And, uh. This is like the final pod of the the season. Our last one was the regular season. Um, we just watched Liberty whoop up on Lipscomb. Demolish. It was a close game at first, but then they just kind of ran with it. Mm-hmm. Asajula was in foul trouble, and that's, I mean, as we saw playing them, which we'll get to in a bit, in the opening round of the ASN tournament, he is Lipscomb. <laughs> so if, if he's in foul trouble and has to be taken off the court, uh, Liberty just has too much talent. He's insane, man. He's his uh, he's blown up since last season. Mm-hmm. It went from so, seven points to eighteen. Torn ACL his his true freshman year. Right, redshirted the whole year because of that. Comes back last year as a redshirt freshman with like eight or nine points a game, eight or nine rebounds a game. So that's that's pretty damn good just there. Then redshirt sophomore year this year, what eighteen points a game, ten rebounds a game, something like that. Four assists. Yeah. He's a great passer. And in the A-Sun tournament, mm-hmm. he's at 33.5 points per game, I think 18.5 rebounds mm-hmm. a game, and four. Set a career high in points yeah. against us in the opening round. Set a career high in rebounds with that 19. That always happens. Yep. Well, of course it does. We always have someone go off for their career night in a loss. Whether we win or lose, the yeah. opponent's going to go off. <laughs> but yeah, Liberty will be representing the A-Sun this year in the uh, NCAA tournament. And rightfully so, 30, yeah. 30 wins on the year, which is incredible. Anytime you do that, you're a legendary team. <laughs> Maybe not legendary, but legendary in, in your, in your school your, history. Yeah, yeah for your like, own personal school history. So I think they're 30 and 4, and, uh, you know, it's to be seen what seed they will get come next Sunday. What do you think? Selection Sunday. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, really, did they have two losses or three in conference play? Two in conference play, I think. One was to Lipscomb. No, they had. Mm, I think they had one. Without looking loss. it up, it was it was Lipscomb and maybe like UNF or. They lost to Stetson. Stetson. Okay, so at least two, and then they lost in the regular season or sorry non-conference to LSU. Yes, I think that was their only one. It though. was. So that's yeah. a pretty like. Substantial. Yeah, I think they're gonna be no higher. Definitely no higher than 13. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the sweet spot here is a 12 or 13 seed, which is amazing coming out of the A-Sun. In all our years Isn't that what they were last year was a 12? Sounds right. 12 in Mississippi State mm-hmm. was a 5. I don't think it's necessarily a slap in the face, or maybe not a really hard slap in the face, if they were to be a 14. Um, but, but they they didn't have this type of year last year. No, they didn't. So all yeah, the I, all the players who were juniors last year are now seniors, so <laughs> they're even better. If anything, I think they go down in the seating. Yeah, down as in as in as good. In, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hats off to Lipscomb. I mean, I didn't expect them to make it this far. No, they looked they looked worse than us um, to the first part of conference play. Right, and then just well, one of eight of the last nine games in conference play or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the man. Asad, yeah. 
We learned how to pronounce it, I think. I don't I don't know. Well, I know, his teammates are calling him a Sajo. Right, but like I feel like sometimes players with a somewhat hard to pronounce name or like non-traditional names sort of just let everyone say their name wrong because it's easier than saying no, it's actually Asadula or something well, yeah, like that. Yeah, but Asadula runs off the tongue real nice. Yeah, because we just force we like, that. We like convenience. We're just like, yeah. my name's uh, Asan Asadula, and everyone's like, nah, it's Asadula. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you do it so much that he's all right, fine, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Whatever it is, we're just going to call him Asadula. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, run with the sheep. If he continues at this pace, he's he's NBA bound for sure. I mean, yeah, and his game somewhat translates to the problem with a lot of uh, college bigs is that, um, like the the old timey NBA big Drummond, Andre Drummond, guys like that, um, they're dying. I mean, Drummond's a great player, and a guy like um, like Brooke Lopez is somewhat adapting because he can shoot an outside shot. But if you can't, if you're not quick, and you can't shoot, an occasional like deep two then it's really hard for you to get like a a solid starting gig somewhere you can be that big body off the bench in the nba but it's really hard for you to make a name now in college it's still a lot of teams still love that you know big traditional center but asajula you know six eight so he's not a skyscraper necessarily by a big standard he's got good handles he can good pass handle yeah four assists a game he can pass really well he can rebound 265 he's strong he can his his outside shot his deep two looks very reminiscent of mark eddie's you know that kind of range he made a few threes on the year at a decent percentage i mean he that's something that can grow so definitely nba talent yeah we'll have to see where where he ends up uh let's touch on our actual loss to that team and it was really the Asajula show. 40 career points. high, yeah. Career high, 40 points. I forget how many boards. 19, maybe? Enough. No, yeah. 19 was his career high for the next game. Oh. Yeah, second round, he got a career so high. So 17 rebounds. or something? Yeah, some some team. But some anyways, team. that was the entire game plan. Um, you could tell. It was just feed Asajula and and let him make or miss and, and hope for the best on our end of the floor. So I think my, my observation, at least, was that for FGCU, it was let's like three pointers are worth more than two pointers, obviously. So it's sort of an acknowledgement from the staff, from Coach Fly, from the players that there's very little chance that we're going to have of disrupting a guy like Asajula enough, like with double teams or whatever, to where it's going to really impact the game because he's going to dominate. It's just kind of a given at this point with the, with the personnel that we have, with the way the year has gone. At this current state of, you know, FGCU's roster. Current matchups. Right, exactly. That's just how, who do we, I mean, Rainwater can play a little bit of defense on him, but he's going to get in foul trouble. Like, it's, that's clear. So, uh, Rivers. Well, our best bet was Brian Thomas. It ended up being Brian Thomas. With his physical limitations. Right, he's been battling injury all year. It's, he played, ended up playing 23 minutes a game. I think that's probably one of the higher minute amounts that he's played all season. So, it's. You know, we knew that we weren't going to be able to sustain or contain, rather, Asajula for long. So it was really don't double team him. Make sure by doing that, make sure the perimeter is well guarded and don't let guys like Buckland and Fleming, you know, the seniors of Lipscomb, get hot from three because that will be the death of FGCU. So, you know, sure enough, Asajula is like, fine, give me, you know, one on one matchups. I'm going to drop 40. I looked it up. Brian Thomas averaged, uh, where was it? I just had it. Twelve point four minutes a game this year. Right. So that's essentially double, double yeah. his season average in that game. So it's So for everyone wondering why Brian Thomas wasn't played more, it was probably because he couldn't play more. Right. Um unfortunately. Because right. what do you have? Eight blocks? Uh yeah. Uh, Not all on Asajula, but n- well mostly. But yeah. I mean <laughs> but, he was um, he was the only one containing no, him. Asajula was noticeably um affected when Thomas was in the game. It was yep. obvious. He he did he couldn't he wasn't comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's like, Where is this big body behind me? An inch taller than me, about my same weight, you know, can out muscle me, or maybe not out muscle me, but can muscle me. Um but yeah, so and you know, whether you want to say that game plan was smart or not, whether it worked or not. Well, it didn't work. 
if I mean, it's maybe at the end of the game. But at the end of the day, if if working means we had to win, then yes, it didn't work, or no, it didn't work. But, was, well, it worked, but it didn't work because it didn't stop them from scoring. So it was just it was almost like a uh, temporary, like a band aid. In ways, yeah. Let's just put a band aid on it and hope for the best. Maybe we can come out with. At old. the same time, like. I mean, we didn't score in the last three minutes of that game. Not one no, shot. No, credit to their defense. Not one shot. Discredit so it's like, to our We offense. were winning. We were winning with a minute and a half left in the game. If you hit one shot, one one little layup, a couple of free throws, whatever it is, that's a completely different story. And then is the narrative, look at this brilliant game plan by just letting Asajula hammer down low and we just don't let him get hot from three and then we, you know, you got to win. Then is, is it a brilliant game plan that worked then? Because... <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's just ifs though at that point. Yeah, exactly. And you can speculate all you want. At the end of the day, it didn't win. But I, I see what you're saying. Mm. It's uh, it's impossible to tell. And then if you win, you wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. So. History is written by the victor, right. in all in all senses of it. But you got to credit Lipscomb for either. You know, I, don't, I forget what the deficit was in the last three minutes, but they Not obviously came. Big. No, maybe five, six yeah, points, something, something like, like that. that. But they still came back, muscled mm-hmm. through it. Played tough enough defense um, to right. where we couldn't. When we had open shots, we didn't make them, which was annoying. But you know, and it makes us feel better when they made it to the championship game, right? <laughs> you know, knocking off UNF, who yeah. was supposed to be the one playing Liberty, right? So, but that's another. Uh, that's another. That's almost. I, I'm not trying to be mean, but maybe I am. Go go into it. It's Let's almost go. that. Isn't that expected of UNF at this point? Yeah, they have been the one team to never quite. They made it once. They right? made it one. It was 2015. They made it to the, the year tournament. after us. Yep, or one of our years that we made it. Yeah. No, Mercer was the year after our year. Yeah, initial year. Yeah, you're right. And then and then UNF made it, but again, and they. I mean, but we're they choked, man. They yeah, we're talking about teams, players. I mean, if people are new to following FGC, they might not know these players. But people who have been following the program and the A Sun for a few years now. You know Dallas Moore. You know Bo Beach. You know, uh, Day Day Daniels, you know, Davenport. Chris Davenport. Th- those are big time names for UNF. And what did they do with them besides do well in the regular season? And they didn't. Yeah, they made the tournament one time with with basically all four of those players. It did get a win in the yep. tournament. Yeah. Was it Duke? That was Mercer. Oh, you're right. UNF, I forget who who they played. Well, it was obviously big because they it, wouldn't have had better than a 14 seed. Wasn't it like Robert Morris or something weird? Why would Robert Morris have a, have a really good seed enough to play Oh, UNF? that's true. Yeah. I forget who they played. No, it would have had to have been a probably one through four seed that they beat. I can't. I think Lipscomb pro, or UNF probably had a, a 15 seed when they went or something. But yeah, that is interesting. I mean, UNF... You know, always plays a really tough non-conference. They beat themselves up in non-conference. Yeah, they, they end then, up like coming into conference play with three wins. And then they're always a top three, at least in recent mm-hmm. memory, in conference. Yep. And then always choke in either the, the quarterfinals or the semis. Yeah. Or maybe the championship. They never quite get there, and it's just... Uh, well, I kind of think that's... Like Matt Driscoll, the co- longtime coach, I, like the way he... The how long has he been there? Sorry. No you. idea, but look that up while I babble. Um... I mean, longtime coach of Lipscomb, they always are competitive. And at the same time, it's like, it's just volume threes, which is a few teams in the A-Sun, but it's just three point, three point, three point. <laughs> and, you know, three point after three pointer and not a lot of substance elsewhere. And that's great. And that's actually a really effective way to beat a team that's more talented than you. Say you go to the tournament and you play a one seed and they're, how do I just stop you from making threes? It doesn't matter if you open or not, you make them. But when you are in a conference like the A-Sun and it gets really chippy in the tournament, you play teams that know how to beat you because they play you three times a year if you meet them in the tournament. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's probably plays a pretty big part in why, you know, they haven't been able to necessarily get to the dance. But... I don't know about you. My favorite thing about Coach Driscoll and UNF, though, is Elliot. You ever see that meme? Yeah. <laughs> was it uh, when I think the last one I saw was uh, Spice Adams posted one about him 
or the caption had something well, to do with it. Well, it was from when they were in the tournament. Correct. There was footage in the locker room. Right. Of Matt Driscoll going. Just losing it. He looks like he's looking at a wall. <laughs> like his players are like no, celebrating behind him. No, he was closing him. his eyes. He yeah. was in a fantasy land going <laughs> ape shit. I he mean. Goes, Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> just screaming. But the last time I saw it as a meme was Spice Adams said, there's always one guy on your team who celebrates like this or something like that. And <laughs> it was just Matt Driscoll I thought screaming. the meme was... When you're waiting on your girl yep, yep. to get dressed to go to dinner. You got it. And Matt Driscoll represents all all men. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> yep. At least he's a rock star with the memes. <laughs> so I'm looking at his Wikipedia page because that's always right. Yeah, don't let your teachers tell you different. And he's basically 500. He's 183 and 178 all time as a head coach. The success, well, that that's in part to do with the really tough non-conference they always beat themselves up with. Right, but before these last, and it's partially to do with that they before they started being good the last you know four, five, six, seven years, whatever, they weren't that great in no conference and with him. But here's the weird thing: is they're three-time A Sun regular season champs, which we all know doesn't really mean much. But it's still on your resume. So mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, and this year, mm-hmm. they're regular season champs. They won in 2015, and he's got three-time Mason Coach of the Year in all those years. But what does that mean at the end of the day? Yeah. Accolades are fun. They're cool and all, but... Yeah, you got to go Especially to the dance. Especially in the A-Sun, it's all about the dance. Yep, you got it. yeah. And mm-hmm. winning the actual A-Sun title. Right. Because I don't actually know what like significance the A-Sun regular season title honors brings. Besides, um, besides It probably like, helps recruiting. I mean, people know that you're good consistently. Yeah. I just... You don't get a trophy for it, so... You might, actually. <laughs> I thought it was just the one when you win the tournament. The I, don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I have to talk to the A-Sun commish. But enough on UNF. This is an FGCU podcast. If you remember. We're not about the swoop life. Mm-hmm. Now that we're wrapping up the season, we had some uh, questions about, what was it, Osborne Shima? Yeah. Um, so uh, on Instagram, we received a message from Jordan Odom, FL, if you wanted to give him a follow. He'd probably love it. I don't know him, though. And he was asking about the status of an Osborne Shima. Shema. Don't know. Never got the chance to learn how to pronounce his name because he's never suited up for the Eagles. Supposed to. Right. So, uh, rewind circa summer of 2019. We got, you know, everybody's interested in who's going to be on the team next year. It's so different. Who are all these transfers? I want to know about them. Well, two of the transfers or signees, were a guy named uh, Gabriel, uh, forgive me, Chachesvili, who was from Israel, 6'10", like 200-plus, sharpshooting, three-point guy, but also 6'10", so he you know he has to play down low sometimes. And then this Osborne Shima guy, who was 7'1", and about 200 pounds. Now, it sounds kind of real thin, but he was also 19, yeah, 19-ish, yeah. and going to, you know, Travis Wallace... He'd take care of that. But <laughs> but um, another guy, just, have we ever had a seven-footer in the program? Not a true seven-footer. Not that I can recall. Tallest guy I remember was Eric Muller, and I don't even really want to talk about that right now. But he, he was, was 6'11", 6'11". And advertised as a three-point shooter. 6'11", and probably realistically 6'10", 6'9". Yeah, well, we know about basketball heights. Yeah. Let's uh, Real quick, I wa- at the last home game against UNA... I walked next to Jamari Blackman on UNA, and I myself measure at about 6'1", and I was at least an inch taller than Jamari Blackman. So I, I, I don't know about these heights, because he's listed at 6'1", as well, and I'm not 6'2", or 3'. So. Well, were you wearing your platform shoes? or? Oh, you're right. I was wearing my platform heels. I was going to <laughs> disco after, remember? Oh, the silent disco. Yeah, the silent disco at Millennial Brewing Company. Shout out Millennial Brewing. Right. We're not sponsored, but... No, just like you. Good beer. Anyways, so with Gabriel Chachasvili and Osborne Shima, 
we're excited. We want these big, tall trees, you know, coming to the program and given their skill set. And these are cool signings. Then we find out a couple months later in the offseason that we actually signed a guy named Sam Gagliardi. Um, ah, geez. Well, another sharpshooting three-point guy because uh, the Gabriel guy ended up signing a professional contract in Israel. So that that means all his he he basically foregoes all his collegiate eligibility for athletics if you sign a professional contract anywhere. So that's the same thing that happened to Lamelo Ball. If anybody follows that, signed a pro contract in somewhere and Lithuania something, and then couldn't Libya. play <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> Uganda, I don't know. Right, somewhere. And um but anyways, so he he was ineligible. That's why we coach Fly went out and, you know, recruited Sam Gagliardi because we needed that three point specialist. For Osborne Shima, I guess he didn't qualify academically. So that usually means a player goes to JUCO for a year or so or more and then comes back out. That doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna come back out to us. Most likely it won't mean that actually, because you can't necessarily like sit around and wait for a guy and who knows how good he's, I haven't followed it. Um, so I don't know how well he's done in his year in Juco and whether that warrants a D one scholarship or not, but it doesn't look like he's going to be with the team next year. And we had one other question, um, that we wanted to address. And that was from this one guy named, uh, Ryan Roquan. I don't know if you know him. Nah. Never, no, heard of never heard of him. Oh, unless he's that one genius scout team legend. Yeah, that shoots 100% from the 1, field. 1,000%, 100% <laughs> from the field in his senior year. That is an NCAA record, actually. Um, tied with a lot of people, most likely. But it's an NC. I mean, he didn't miss a shot. Unfortunately, it's just one of those that gets slid under the table. Yeah. Never gets talked about. Yeah. This, so, these are the things that we need to be talking about. Yeah, I'm going to Los Angeles with this. Mm-hmm to the sports center headquarters right is that as i thought it used to be in connecticut is, is it in la i don't know anyway everything's in la now <laughs> it was just lebron just, yeah lebron's in la everything's in la anyways this um genius and legend ryan Roquant wanted to us to talk about how he's been overlooked for shooting the highest percentage in ncaa history this season wholeheartedly agree yep wholeheartedly what did i say <laughs> no i got this is another off-topic thing, but I got I got texted something earlier that said wholeheartedly, and it's wholeheartedly, is the is the real way to say it. Now I don't hmm. they they weren't I know it wasn't them talking fast because it wasn't them talking it was over text. I didn't correct them. I'm just gonna let them if they listen to this they'll know. Kind of like that though. Heartily. Yeah. It means like a lot of it, like yeah. a hearty soup. Yeah, wholeheartedly. <laughs> like they just went in there wholeheartedly. Sounds like something on the side of a. Campbell's chunky can. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you uh, get the whole wheat option. Mm-hmm. This is wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly shredded wheat. <laughs> Regardless, uh, yeah, I mean, he shot 100% from the field. Uh, don't even get me started on the per 36. Yeah. 72 points if he were to play 36 minutes in that last game. And that would break all kinds of records. Tons. And that would have happened. I wholeheartedly agree. And then he went got drafted right to the Atlanta Hawks with Brandon Goodwin. Yeah, I'm sure Brandon would have vouched. They were together one year. Were they? Mm-hmm. I think. I'm just going to say, yeah, they were. Right, Ryan? Yeah, the genius will know. Yeah, he would know. So at the end of year two, under Michael Fly, FGCU ends up 10-22, and 7-9 in conference, and an early round exit in the quarterfinals of the A-Sun tournament. Granted, everyone except one team in the A-Sun makes the tournament. Poor Kennesaw. So, it was kind of a regression from last year, wouldn't you say? If you're talking about wins and losses, yeah. I would say it was a regression up until the last quarter of this season. Right, and even even the first year under you know Coach Fly, it's it, it felt like I, there were times in that year where it felt like the the deepest pit of hell was going on. I can hardly remember last year. I just know it was <clears throat> better than this year, like as far as. But only come conference play, it was the same story. Yeah. as this year, it's just 
I think that an underrated point in this past offseason was how young this team was. Was it talked about? Yeah, but was it really harped on? No. Like, we did not deserve the preseason, like, third place finish. Like, we did not deserve that. And But when you see things like that, it kind of get, gets rid of your, well, man, we're really young. I don't know if we're going to be good. Oh, they gave us third place? Yeah, we'll be all so right. So that was, was that coach poll or what? That's just the ASUN committee or whatever. They just, okay. the preseason poll, I think. So, and we've talked about this before, but part of that was due to our recent success the over past, the last the five, history, seven FGC's years. History, yeah, yeah, basically yeah. D1 history. Mm-hmm. So it is hard to remove yourself from that when your entire fan base expects every single friends. fan and and follower of FGCU basketball expects you to win mm-hmm. expects you to make the postseason so you have two down years we talked about this last pod it feels like you've had a decade of bad basketball mm-hmm. and uh you can't have 20 win seasons every year no you can't and so like and it's it's a really it's somewhat unfortunate and it's also a not sort of a not traditional way to do this. A new coach comes in. It's typically uh, I'm tearing this thing down. Guys that I haven't played with transfer out of here. Have a great senior year. Um, got young guys buy in or transfer as well. You know, I want my guys, my recruiting class, all that. It's a different situation with a guy like Coach Fly, who's been with the team for you know eight seasons, an assistant on the Enfield staff, an assistant on Dooley staff. The whole year working his way up from you know like a third assistant to a you know, right-hand man, and, you know, it's, it's not these aren't guys he's never played with. Now, is it a system that he wants to adopt and play with and run with? No, it's not. He's he's more in line with the Enfield system than the Dooley system. So it's, but there were guys, you know, who left? Uh, Ray, Rayshon Scott left, uh, Zach Johnson left, but that's because lifelong dream of playing in Miami, for Miami, and, uh, you know, a couple guys stayed. Brady Ernst was with us last year. Ricky Doyle was a senior, things like that. But still, these are guys that were recruited to play Joe Dooley's system of basketball, and they were left over, and it wasn't a situation where they had never played for the coach. They knew my, uh, Coach Fly, so they stayed. And for better or for worse, last year was, in a lot of people's minds, the worst thing that could have happened. But now, as we just had a 10-22 and 22 season, we're seeing that it really wasn't the worst thing that could happen. It was, I think, 14 and 18 or something like that. And competitive in the end. And But at the same time, it was almost, I'm not going to call it a wasted year, but it it was sort of this false um, line of which that we're going to get better from. Mm-hmm. We had to get worse first. We were falling. Right. We had to get worse than 14 and 18. It wasn't rebounding yet. Right. Was that, wasn't, that wasn't the bottom. Now you hope next year... You hope, you hope this, this is the, the valley, right? And you hope next year you're a peak. bouncing back up. Yep. Um, so I think, I don't think next year's twenty one season by. Any I don't means. either, but I mean, this is obviously a very early guess. We don't even know what the roster is going to no, look no, no. like. Yeah, and not even close. Um, but we do know at the same time that it's going to be a lot more familiar faces. You got Cato, and you know he emerged gracefully this year, way better than I think really anybody expected, except for maybe himself and his dad. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I really, you know, I think that you just need to see improvement over last season's win total. I think, I think it'd be great to see a, a winning record at the end of the year and be competitive. In conference or overall? In overall. Regardless of how hard our non-conference season is, I think you need to see. I think you need to see for and sure in conference. Yeah, for sure. I think you need at least 15 wins. Yeah. Um, but but I think that's the low end. You're saying at least, which yeah. is right. I, I think you really got to set that bar at 17, cool. 18 wins. Yeah. Close to 20 wins. Um, but I, I don't see an under 20 win season as being like this. See, we're not even that much better kind of you know argument. You can expect that, but you'll be disappointed. <laughs> and you can go back to, well, Dooley had 21 seasons every year. Well, Dooley didn't want to be here. He wanted to get 21 seasons every year so he could go somewhere else that he wanted to be. Um, but, I mean, again, you're gonna always going to go back to the idea of what uh, Kavanaugh, athletic director, said that we want to build a Gonzaga. We want to build a team that's going to be going to run mid-major year after year after year. But 
Gonzaga doesn't always get high major transfers and all these kind of things. That that's not necessarily the route that they go. They also the reason that Gonzaga is so competitive in the tournament is because they have guy they have seniors on their team, guys who have been with their program for at least two years. If you just get one you know one year players in, in your program, that's not how you build like actual championship program. That's how you build a good season one season. Correct, and those players typically, in general sense of things, only care about themselves for that one year. It's not like they're. I mean, of course, they're going to care about the team. And yeah, winning. but they're not. They're not cemented into that that they foundation and culture. Yeah, they haven't been it's with a program. Come for in and two, win three, four years, and, and pad your resume, and get you on your way. In basically. a sense, yeah. Yeah. It's it's less of the, the we've been together the same group of guys for two, three, four years, and we've built this, and let's go you know, take the head off of some power five team. It's, it's hi guys. It's been real. This is great. Right. For a year. Unless you're LeBron James, all the all-stars, you can't join a team and make them. Right. Perennial contenders for it could help. But again, that's not how you sustain success. That's how you have success for that one year. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you, when you build a team and you, you know, you you have that chemistry over three to four years. Mm -hmm. But what I was saying is, unless you're like LeBron James or any All Star coming into the team, right? You may make a difference, but you're not gonna like, yeah, change the. You're program. not gonna culture shift, right? Mm-hmm. I guess a, the one thing that a lot of people have a problem with, and sometimes it bothered me too. And this is no slight to Michael Fly, but it's like we would keep losing in the same fashion throughout the year, and like the same things were repeated, and the same excuses were repeated. And it just kind of got tiring, and, and I don't know. It was over the over the whole season. It was like, really, you're just going to keep saying this? Um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. And I think it's it's simple. I mean, the only reason it's frustrating is because you hear it a lot, and you don't want to hear it a lot because you don't want it to be true. But what happens if it's true? That's why you're hearing it a lot. Yeah. Um. I mean, like. Again, I like a lot of the players on this on this roster. I do. I see future in a lot of them. I see a bunch of growth that's going to happen in the next one, two, three years. But in the current state of this roster, who, after seeing how poor the start to the season was, who looked at this roster, at how young people were, at how unproven people were, and said, man, we're going to make some noise in the tournament. You know, like who, who really thought that, that, that the current state of the team was in a position to win a bunch of games that's what everybody not us was saying at the beginning of the year oh Mm -hmm. i don't want to play your team in january Mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to face your team in january but at the same time that could mean a lot of things because guess what we were very competitive at the end of the season against really anybody except for liberty we could have beat unf at home we could have beat any other other team besides liberty keep in mind point in the season besides liberty the a sun is kind of in the bottom half of college play Eh, less than half but yeah you know what i mean (laughs) the bottom of everything which is not what we strive to be no it's where we're at right now it's where the a sun's at right now but you know Mm -hmm. we want to be the women's team we want to be right the gonzaga of the of the a sun yeah so i guess and it's just a different way of handling it as a coach um you saw it a lot in dually when we lost it was like he kind of owned it. He said, we didn't do this. And he never said, like, hey, it was on me. I, I called this. and But it just seemed like. You're talking about accountability. Yeah. And, again, it's nothing against Fly or nothing. It just seemed like a lot of deflection was going on in some of these interviews. and I, The difference that I see, um, you know, because they're what we have to go from between, like, a dually presser and questions answered and, and a Fly presser is that. Um, like what's a coach supposed to say? They're supposed to say, uh, we needed a better game plan. We needed, um, more rebounds. we got to play tougher and that's on me. You know, that's, that's what everyone is supposed to say. But again, I, I see way more thorough and thought out responses to questions with fly. Is it the same thing he said last week because we lost in the same way? Yep. But it's, it doesn't make it any less true for me. I'd rather, I'd rather hear, an I guess, honest assessment from a coach of players a couple times, then hear a textbook, it's on me, I'm the coach, we got to be better answer every single time. Correct, but 
the same time, you'd want that response to change because you'd hope you're improving on those mm-hmm. areas of why you're losing. For the first half of the year, it was turnovers is why we were losing. And ex- inexperience, that was the excuse. Mm-hmm. And that's still still a valid excuse throughout the whole season. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a moot point. Yeah. But uh, I think that's, I think that's well, why I, a lot of... I also of, think a lot of people's late season complaints were just left over from being mad about the early season. Because, again, at the end of this, we won half of our games, essentially. Not exactly, but essentially, we won half of our games. That's a lot better. Is that what you want to win all your games, but is it's way better than winning what three games in non conference play? Right. So it's I think a lot of people's frustrations are just left over from how pathetic <laughs> it looked as at some points during the early season. A lot to look forward to next year and you hope those improvements come. And uh time will tell in the off season with our new signees, if you can call them signees. Yeah. We got we got players. three freshmen coming in. Then Dom London's a JUCO transfer. Looks fantastic. So, yep. We don't know if Carlisle's coming back or not. Uh, I guess we'll find out that in the next couple of months or Return something. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Mac. <laughs> Neither of those things, but. So being that it's the end of our first season covering the team at Screecher Report, um, we put together a little. Screecher Report Team Awards um, throughout the year with various funny, fun categories. <laughs> and traditional ones. Yeah. A little bit of both. So Salt and pepper. Let's, uh, let's rail some of those off. What do you want to know? Who was the overall MVP? I think we... I think we should know who this is already. I think... It's most... got to be Cato, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening, if any families listening, any teammates, Caleb Cato, congratulations. You are... The SR, Screecher Report, Brandon Goodwin, MVP of the year. and Why is it named the Brandon Goodwin MVP of the year? Well, uh, it's not much of an argument, but arguably the best player in program history, Brandon Goodwin, making noise at the Atlanta Hawks. It's got to be named after him, of all people. So, the Brandon Goodwin MVP award would go to you, Caleb Caddo, for being the rock in this season. 13 points a game. Four rebounds, three assists, looked fantastic in conference play, and can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see what next year looks like for him. I could see a situation where he averages barely more points, but we're a better team with, you know, and he helps facilitate that. Um, I, and I mean, that's nothing to be disappointed about. Um, but yeah, just a good year for him. Starting every game after not starting a single game as a freshman, big time. What about, uh, most improved or biggest surprise of the year? Do we have anyone? Oh, I did a most improved. Um, by the way, we're going to have an accompanying accompanying article uh, coming out sometime next week with a list of all the awards and all the all the guys. Reasons why. And- right. Just a description of what they mean. Just a fun little thing to do at the end of the year. Obviously, you're not getting anything tangible because <laughs> I think that might be illegal. <laughs> and also, I don't like have anything to give you. I can give you a little piece of candy. Not if we're just not if we say we're friends. <laughs> Right. But, um, you know, dap them up. Hey, buddy, let's go get lunch. Yeah. No, I, I honestly think you're not allowed to do that. Really? Yeah. It's got to be through the school. Like meal plan. So Caleb Caddo can't get lunch with a friend outside of school and that friend pays for lunch? Well, it would have to be like a peer, though. So you're telling me, say I'm Caleb Caddo. You're my friend, Russell. Hey, we've Caleb. Been, we've been friends for... Went to Cape Coral... Six, seven years, and it's the off season. I want to hang out with you, and you want to buy me lunch. You forgot your wallet. You can't do. You can't do that for me. I think I could, and that, I mean, there's a bunch. We're of We're not affiliated area. with the school, right? There's a bunch of gray area, but still, like, I guess in theory, somebody could cause a stink about that. Anyone listening, let us know what we can do, or, or we prank. might just take this out because this is really boring talk. <laughs> I think it's interesting because I, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Baloney is more polite. I don't care what's polite. <laughs> So you asked about most improved, um, not to be redundant, but I mean, how does that not go to Cato as well? Four points a game as a freshman to 13 points a game as a sophomore. Nine point jump. That's, I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, Role player guy last year to V guy this year. So, I mean, that's got to go there. We're talking about biggest surprise. I think you can answer that. 
He's been your boy the whole time. You're the one who said before the season started. I was looking at his mixtapes and I was like, man, this guy's got some some grit to him and some fire. And then me, I'm like, well, yeah, of course he does. It's a highlight tape, but who knows how it's gonna look come season? He's just a walk on. And who is that? Mr. Cyrus Largy. That's correct. Yep. Um, yeah, coming in as a walk on and ended up starting. I don't know how many games, but four games playing 25. And then in the last game, most important game of the season. He gets a career high in points. Mm-hmm. And was it? I don't know if it's a career high in rebounds. It was seven, but it was high nonetheless. Yeah. I think he might have got eight a couple games before that. But regardless, I mean, one of the more impressive things for him, too, is um, 52% from the floor, 56% from beyond the arc. This is all season. Wow. If you go the last seven games, um, 67% from beyond the arc. Wow. Now he wasn't a high volume shooter, but even when you ask Coach Fly about that after the or in the press conferences, he'd say he's not a guy that, as of right now, we're expecting to get twenty points tonight or anything. But send him in; he's going to light a fire under everybody. He's yeah, gonna, he wasn't a guy we were expecting to play not really at, all. at all. No, <laughs> I mean all the other walk on. You're talking Lenny Rica, Chance Jackson, Ryan Raquant, Kyle Hoffman played in four games this year, maybe about a minute a game each time they came in. That's what you're expecting out of. Out of Largy, but yeah, I mean, hell, he played. I mean, who who thought that would happen? We haven't had a walk on contribute since what Sherwood Brown. Yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, who's the guy with the beard? Marcus Blake. Yeah. Was it? Wasn't he a walk on? I believe so. The whole time. But he was almost. Um... I don't want to be mean, but it wasn't because he was good. It was more like he was a fan favorite, and like we didn't really have. Oh, any... he looked like James Harden. Yeah, <laughs> he had the look. Yeah, but I don't think we, I don't think we had anyone else to play at that position, like depth yeah. wise. Six seven, about yeah. two ten, something like that. Good body, but yeah, uh, I have a couple of more interesting well, categories. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna introduce this next one. Okay, I think you're. I think we're on the same way. Probably. That's all I've been thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows Coach Fly um, has his his bank of sayings. One of them being "My guys, our my, guys, our guys, any kind of guys." Keep telling my guys. Yeah. So we took it upon ourselves to give uh, the Fly's Guy Award. Now which, I did. That's very prestigious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this is probably better than the MVP. And this took a lot of time on your yeah, part. Yeah, let me. I don't know if you're going to judge me for having no life. Um, <laughs> yes. Or or being very committed. But when, you, when you text me about this, it took a whole day, <laughs> more did, or less. It didn't take a whole day. Not it a took whole a day. Whole morning. Yeah. Um. So what I did, what the criteria for this flies guy award is, is that it's the person, the player mentioned by name, not he or they or whatever. Because a lot of times the media member will say, so uh, Cyrus Largy had this many rebounds. Can you talk about that? And I'll say, yeah, he's a really good player for us. Doesn't count. I have to say Cyrus Largy verbatim. Um, it's the player that Coach Fly mentioned by name most times in every single post-game press conference at home. So, yeah, he went there. Yes, I did. And that player, I feel like I'm being very redundant right now, was Caleb Caddo. I uh, mentioned by name 26 times. You can go and check me, but I know you won't because <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, time. Uh, 26 times by Coach Fly mentioned Caleb Caddo by name. Um, so, yeah, again, Caleb Caddo is the recipient of our Fly's Guy Award designation. Who was second, third, fourth? Second was Zach Scott. Uh, I think it was about three behind. I think he might have been. Ooh, oh, Caddo was 27. Zach Scott was 24. And then after that was Justice Rainwater at 21. And then it was a tie, somewhat surprising, you might say, for fourth and fifth place of Jalen Warren and Dakota Rivers, mentioned 20 times apiece. Wow. Yeah, which I thought is kind of interesting for uh, Dakota because did he start any games this year? No. (laughs) He played in just about every one of them. And... You know, made a good impact every now and then. Sometimes he'd provide 18 points. Sometimes he'd get you, you know, a double-double. Did he really have 18 points? I think that was his high this year. He wow. kind of, he exploded in 
two games this year where he had a lot of points. I think he had one double double toward the end, but um, yeah, uh, still no starts. Um, didn't play a whole lot of minutes. Sometimes he did, and still found his way to, you know, tying for fourth place in times mentioned by name by Coach Fly. And if I'm to draw any uh, hyperbolic uh, meaning from that, it would be that uh, I expect Dakota Rivers to to really be a big part of the program in the next couple of years. To possibly win the most improved next yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. But anyways, congrats, Caleb, on being Fly's guy. I mean, we, we mentioned four awards so far, and, and Caleb has won three of them. So <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got yourself well, three SR awards for this first year. Yeah, feel it's, proud. It's big time. Well, let's go through a couple others that are, you know, on the list of that significance are, that are not Caleb Gatto. Um, my one of my personal favorites. Now, you and me noticed this recently. This was a planned um, designation because a lot of players care about uh, their shoes, right? A lot of players have a strong shoe game, um, and sometimes they'll do a different shoe every night. Dakota Rivers liked to wear his faithful pink shoes. He went from the pinks to the greens that one game. And I then he was the, like, nah, no, no, no. greens gave him trouble. Yeah, and go back to the pinks. Put them pinks back and on. Immediately probably made a basket as soon as the pinks were on. But, yeah, players love their shoes. Uh, Kwanzie Samuels actually comes out with yeah, some pretty good. sweet kicks every yeah. now and then. But at the last home game of the season, it's the first time I noticed it, and I pointed it out to Elliot here to whom was also equally excited. But Mr. Zach Scott was wearing what looked like that Kyrie line of uh, SpongeBob-themed shoes. And we're like, mm, which ones are those? It's not Patrick's. It's not, it's not SpongeBob's. not the bikini bottom ones. Maybe it's Sandy. Maybe it's Squidward. So, of course, I did some more research on that. They're definitely, most definitely Squidward's. And how can that not be the winner of the best shoe game on the team. <laughs> exactly. Squidward's on the inside of the shoe. I'm sure it's probably worn off by now, but his face on the inside of the shoe. So congrats, Zach Scott, on the best shoe game. Um, I will tell you, you won a more serious award as well. Um, <laughs> not that you should be um, you know, any less proud of the best shoe game on the team. Yeah, that's... Uh... Very prestigious awards in my book. The highest of honors. Any others we want to run through? Are we going to save them for the, the article? Um, I'll do one more, and then I'll save the rest for the article. Uh, and that's going to be our biggest fan, biggest dirty bird, whatever you want to call it, award oh, of the year. Oh, yeah. And basically, so as a... Toward Screecher Report. Yes, toward our, our brand. Um. Which in turn towards FGC, yeah, of course, by association. But we, you know, throughout our first year, we post articles, we post podcasts, and we're able to track, you know, who who is most involved in our in what we put out in some ways. And basically, our person who has been most engaged with us on social media and you know on Twitter mainly, Instagram, whatever it may be would go to Aquinas Basketball, uh, no doubt because they've blessed us with probably future um, Scout Teamer of the Year, Lenny Rica. Didn't play much this year, but, I mean, we didn't really expect him to. But, hey, that's three more years for you to, you know, have shoot 100% in a game in a season like your man Ryan Roquant. Um, but yeah, Aquinas basketball has been very supportive, uh, following us as we put out content and we wanted to give a biggest supportive fan designation to them. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Hope the season went well. I know you're, you're like really good at football. I, I don't really know about the basketball program much. Were you recruited there? That's a, that's a, that's a high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, I don't know, man. I get, I get confused between Aquinas, Ave Maria. So when I, well, that's those Florida are co- Tech, that's, Florida, those are colleges, Florida school, I, water school. So when I was playing col- or high school football, uh, the best football teams in Florida was like Plant, Armwood, St. Thomas Aquinas, and those are always great teams. Now we didn't play any of those people, which is a great thing. We played a really good team. Uh, I want to say it was Robinson. 
we lost 69 to nothing my senior year. It was probably one of the worst moments of my life. <laughs> it was just like you couldn't do anything. Like we had a pretty small team, a lot of our offensive players. And it was just watching grown men like walk all over my teammates. And I was one of the bigger guys, so I I wasn't necessarily getting walked over, but was the guy across from me better than me? Yeah, I'm man enough to admit that. <laughs> but so yeah, I'm glad we didn't play any of those teams. And I'm sure you're pretty good at basketball too, Aquinas. I mean, you gave us Lenny Rica. So, thank you much. Well, that was fun. Sure. Looking forward to reading about the rest of them whenever you decide to get off your ass and post them. (laughs) I can actually do that from my ass. (laughs) I don't have to get off. True. Yeah. For all you guys know, we could be, you know, I could be, (laughs) no, I'm not going to (laughs) go. For all you know, we could be recording this podcast in a closet. (laughs) Yeah. Or a toilet. (laughs) Or an RV. Or, or a fun center. In my bed. Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. No, Dave and Buster's. Okay. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our uh, last seasonal pod of our inaugural year. Mm-hmm. Went by really fast. I mean, it wasn't a year. A no, basket- basketball, season. Basketball year. Four months uh Play time. <laughs> okay, bone saw. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're looking to have a lot more content during the off season. Hopefully, we can scrounge up some details and maybe some of the staff and players mm-hmm. and get some people involved and... can give us some details. Thus, we can debate it and get everyone hyped for next year. And any listener, you ever have a question or topic that you want talked about? Just send it over. We don't have to ask for it for you to give it to us. Just Message us, tweet us, whatever. And yeah, next time we're on, we'll cover it. Looking to have some guests on, as we mentioned last pod. So once we get those plans in place, um, looking for some more interesting debate and banter. Mm. Mm, banter. <laughs> um, so, all right, I got to go let my dog out. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for tuning in this year. We appreciate the support and uh, talk to you soon. Go Eagles.